I'm Kate. And I'm Jesse. And you're listening to Cocktails and Content Creation. <laughs> Let's do this. If you don't think you know what looks good on you, what's really happening is that you are not giving yourself permission to look at what you like and accept it as valid. Welcome to Cocktails and Content Creation, the podcast dedicated to helping you easily create content with confidence. I'm Katie Andrews. And I'm Jesse Wyman. Welcome back to another episode of Cocktails and Content Creation, episode 65. If you're enjoying the podcast, why not leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening? We'd love to know what you think. For today's episode, we're chatting about how to pick your outfits for your photos and everything that entails. It means like how to show up in your brand. And this has actually been an episode we've wanted to share since the beginning of the podcast. So I'm very mm-hmm. excited about that. But before we get into the the good stuff, let's talk about the other good stuff. What are you drinking today, Jesse? Wah, wah, wah. I'm just drinking water today. <laughs> so, yep, girlfriend's just drinking some water. But, you know. Who knows what tomorrow may bring? You need a break. You need a break from all from from the boxed wine, the cocktails, the Moscow Mule, all that good stuff. Good. Yeah, I've been on a I've been on a real water kick. Maybe start doing a cucumber water. Mm, yeah, like that's a very spa esque. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I love cucumber water. You know what I've seen a lot of lately, and I know this was a couple episodes ago. Well, more than a couple. Topo Chico. You've heard, yeah, yeah. You mentioned that, yeah, yeah. So, so or yeah, yeah. Sharing, yeah. Some somebody came on and was talking about Topo Chico, yeah. And I was like, "What is this?" Mm-hmm. And for some reason, all of a sudden, it's not even just ads. It's just a lot of people I know have been posting about it lately. So I'm trying. Mm-hmm. So if anybody knows where to get Topo Chico in like the north of Boston area, DM us on mm-hmm. Instagram or you know you can get our contact information or send us an email because I would love to know. Mm. Um, But for now, yeah, water, water's it for me as well. Well, Mm. and it's, and it's kind of funny because we're going to get talking about some, some glamorous stuff today with Nicole Hachi. So let's get right to our discussion. All right. We have with us today, Nicole Achi. She is a personal stylist and personal branding consultant. She works with ambitious women who want to uncover and refine their personal brands using their personal style. Her mission and passion is to help women fully step into their visibility so they can do the work they are meant to do in this world. She is also the creator and the host behind the Self-Styled Podcast. We are so excited to have you on the show, Nicole. Welcome, welcome. Thank you for having me. Yeah. We're so uh, excited to get started talking about fashion. Super excited. <laughs> but first off, before we get into all the good stuff about fashion, this is cocktails and content creation. So what are you drinking? Oh, you know, I'm just drinking water with lemon. I'm trying to get on that water train. So nothing too exciting. If I can drink three of these Yetis a day, I feel like I've really accomplished something. So I do. I do hear that the lemon and the water is like what all the nutrition people mm-hmm. are saying to start your day. It's just the only way that, no, it's just, oh no, my, I'd start my day with coffee. Make no mistake about it. Um, <laughs> but, but it's the only way I can get myself to drink water is to put lemon in. It's not like a health thing. It's just a, like, let's get this into my body. Oh, there you go. But well, you know, extra dose of vitamin C is good for you. Right. Mm-hmm. Especially now. Not a bad idea. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. And we're going to be getting into spring and summer. So hopefully the sun will be coming out again and we can get that mm. dose of vitamin C. Please, mm-hmm. please. Oh, goodness. Well, now so, that we've got that out of the way. Yeah, I was going to say, so Nicole and I actually know each other. We've worked together yeah. in the past and 
But um, why don't you actually just start off with telling our audience in your own words, um, your journey, what it is that you do, how you got to where you are today? Yeah, the way that I got into this was really not the plan. Like, so I never was like, I mean, I always like getting like dressed and stuff. And it was always very creative for me when I was young. But my plan was to be an academic. Um, I have a master's degree in philosophy and ethics. And um, what ended up happening was that I got a job in finance in corporate communications. And um, between that and then a second job that I got later on at um, Harvard University, I had access to very influential uh, men and women that were public facing, either in finance through photo shoots that I, I coordinated and media shoots I did, or at Harvard, um, they were basically public intellectuals that were on CNN. And what I saw was that when it was time for women to be visible and in front of the camera and prevent their pr- pr- like present their expertise, there was a lot of noise around body image and what they were going to wear. And there was absolutely none around the men that I worked with. And because I got to see these very influential people, some of whom were on CNN every night, um, share these like vulnerable moments with me. I mean, it was way below my pay grade, but I was there and probably seemed unthreatening in my 20s. And um, it really shaped me as a woman in her early 20s and made me think like, if I want to be successful, I'm going to have to, I mean, it's not that I never had body image stuff. I did, but it, you know, I would, I kind of thought you'd like grow out of it or like you'd you have so much success, it would go away. And so having access to people that well-known and successful and intelligent and seeing that it didn't go away was very motivating to me to understand like how do we dress ourselves in a way that um, makes us feel good that makes us look good on camera so that's really my initial training was in styling for media um but then as i grew my business becoming an entrepreneur there was no other way for me to do this but to be a business owner i didn't want to be a business owner um but 12 years ago you know it was like what not to wear in like style blogs there was no like it was the styling wasn't what it is today um, or it mostly existed in like Bloomingdale's in New York, like that kind of idea. It wasn't people going to people's houses. So I started my business that way. Um, and yeah, now I work entirely virtually, but same idea, same demographic, same, same purpose. That's gotta be really interesting. Can you just, I know this isn't a specific question we talked about, but there are a lot of entrepreneurs like making that pivot away from like the traditional nine to five. Like, what was that like Mm -hmm. for you? Like making that making that jump. Did you like, was it like a side hustle at first, a side business? And then just high, high level on that. Yeah, sure. Well, I just want to say one thing about this because I don't think it's talked about enough. I have an incredibly supportive partner and it wasn't like I could just like make the leap, but I was able to make the leap faster because he had a good job at insurance. And so I don't think people talk about that enough and I want to be transparent about that. My job is full time and that's, you know, now it's but it took many years. It took like three or four years. And in the meantime, when I did jump, so I, I then went to a part-time job at Harvard. And then from there, I did. I was a writer also on the side. And I did, I did content creation around being a stylist. So it was in the field, but it was sort of adjacent. Um, I have mentored and trained dozens and dozens of stylists in a, in a business model for another company. Um, I've, I've done a lot of other things and probably about Seven, six or seven years ago, it became uh, really like full-time, full-time. Um, and some of that wasn't opportunity. It was me being kind of nervous to like fully step away from the other stuff. Um, but yeah, it's hard and it's scary. And I think there's absolutely nothing wrong with like, 
doing it on the side for a while until you're sure. I appreciate hearing that because I feel like sometimes we just, we kind of gloss over that, that transition. It's just kind of, I did this and then I fell into this and that's, that's how it goes. And there is something to be said for, um, having that, that backup, the, the insurance is a big thing. Something that I think a lot of people don't take into account when they're thinking about making that transition. It's like, Oh, great. Now, what am I going to do? So that was, that was a, that was a really good point to make. And it's nice that you had that support because a lot of, a lot of people don't. Um, and it's definitely something that they need to think about. Um, that being said, another thing that people need to think about is personal style and wardrobe involved in a personal brand. Why is that important? So I think that it's changing what the reason it's important is actually changing since COVID. But I, I think that it's important for women because we are told that what we look like is so important. And the reason why I think it's important is not the reason everyone thinks it is. It's because if you, if something is dictated to you, it's very hard to get motivated to do it. But if you take control of it and make it your own, it becomes, you basically change the narrative and you, you make, you, you, you provide the meaning versus being it dictated to you. And here's the thing. You're never going to step out of people judging you for your appearance, clothes or otherwise. People are going to judge you no matter what. It hurts a lot less and it becomes less head trashy, for lack of a better word, if you are putting it out there intentionally. And because I don't know any woman who doesn't have to deal with this to some degree in terms of the self-judgment and stuff, it's a way of focusing away from what's wrong to focusing on what it do I like, what do I care about, what makes me feel good. And you cannot hold both at the same time. Like you cannot hold the idea that there's something, you know, wrong with your body while you're also focusing on what you like. You just can't. And so from an intellectual standpoint, it's valuable because when you make that shift, it's easier to show up in the world as an entrepreneur, as a business person, um, because I personally think that entrepreneurship and being a business owner is way harder and more vulnerable than people let on because it's been so glorified. And I think that it's very hard to show up, whether it be online or in conferences or wherever you have to go. If you're in yoga pants all the time and you never think about your style, because what happens is you're panicking and dressing to the context that you're going into, not to what's going to make you feel good. And that's going to feel a little bit like off. You're always going to be in those situations feeling like something's not right here. And it's very hard to show up as your business and your brand when you're like feeling a little off. So from a business perspective, that's why I think it's very, very important. I think that's really important because so many times in our lives, we worry about the things we cannot control. And my my sister always talks about this. She's like, you know, I'm not going to worry about the universe, you know, things that are outside of, of what I can change. Like I can worry about me. And I can worry about my decisions and worry how I react to the world around me, but I cannot change. So taking back that power, I think yeah. is something that I know I've been working more on. And I think to your point makes a lot of sense when it comes to your personal style, regaining that sort of truth and power about what you want and what feels good. Yeah. I think there's like, just a lot of, you know, even in my field, like, Oh, look good, feel good. Or like whatever. And that's, that's great. That's not wrong. But like, what does that even mean? 
like because what looking good is so like subjective and like in a world where people are less dressed up than ever before it's especially even in corporate environments don't just have to be I mean, there people are brands within businesses too, within corporate America, and so you know yeah. people are more confused than ever about how to get dressed at every level. Like it's not because life has gotten more casual with COVID. The opportunity with that is that we can become more integrated as human beings, as women, when we get dressed. Because what I see happening as people have their professional wardrobe, even even entrepreneurs, and then they have their like other life wardrobe. Now, of course, I'm not advocating people to like be dolled up every day when they're like writing content behind a computer. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm yeah. saying if you, you know, if you, there's no integration, like you don't think about what you like on the weekends and then you have to go to some retreat or some professional thing, you're going to panic. And so the I, option is that we can have smaller wardrobes now than ever before, which means we can have higher quality wardrobes. And there's more available to us at every price point, at every size to make the style we want reality doesn't mean it's not overwhelming for people but it's available it's just like do you have the strategy mm-hmm. no I, t- I totally agree and as for the whole idea of looking good and feeling good I actually used to work as um, a news reporter and anchor at a small station and you know of course when you're talking about news you think of the very buttoned up like pencil skirts and stuff like yeah. that and you know I totally I started off with that whole look but as I got more comfortable with my personality, I started to add some prints and some little more, more my own. I'm not, I'm not really that kind of buttoned up kind of person in real life. So I was able to start adding like little pieces of flair that were more and more me. And it showed how much more confident I felt on screen mm-hmm. because I was able to bring a little bit more of my, even though I'm, you know, reporting the news and was, you know, talking about things I may not have known about beforehand. I felt a lot more comfortable because I was able to show a lot more of myself. Um, and it definitely showed up in my personality on camera. Mm-hmm. And so I think that while it is important to dress to impress or whatever, you know, it is important that you, you still kind of inject your own personality in that. And I think that is, that is true. It's become more important than ever. Um, as we get more, more, uh, comfortable, where do you see that going? Where do you see us going? I know that's not something we asked. Where do you see that okay. going though in the future? What do you think we're going to get like more, more casual? Do you think that that, this is going to stay or do you think, and I know a lot of people have started to like break out and bring back in a little bit more of like the sparkle and the, the, the buttoned up because they're sick of the leisure, the athleisure wear. Yeah. We're seeing like trends towards, and I mean, you know, there's, there's like, you know, stores that are pretty trendy, like stores like a Ritzy are not doing like dress pants with like pleats. So, so trend cycles happen every six years. Now, I think our trend cycle was has been very much influenced by COVID. Um, you'll for, there was a while when stores that were like very buttoned up, like Ann Taylor, like you couldn't find a they were like doing athleisure, right? But they've they've since sort of pivoted back as people go back to the office. Um, and what I think you're, I mean, trend cycles take every six years. So the first two years are like when they're hitting the runway. The next two years is when they're kind of, you can see them everywhere. And then the last two years when you see them in like Marshalls and TJ Maxx, right? Or like they're going out. So that is how they work. And so right now, I think we're, we were in a, like what I call it, athleisure slash yoga pants moment. And I think that what happened is it got sped up by COVID and people being in the house and kind of like, 
sick of it. Now that has not happened for everybody. I think that's an important point. Like I'm saying this, knowing the full spectrum of what I'm seeing on like TikTok and you know, all these other places that I'm paying attention to, um, with a somewhat younger audience, right? Like in the early twenties kind of idea, but stores are selling, you know, button ups and dress pants again. Sometimes they're going with crop tops, but this is happening. Loafers are back in. So I think, um, you know, you're always going, you're always going to see that like back and forth. And like, for example, low rise is back. I mean, nobody needs that in their life. So here we are. Um, oh boy. I didn't, I didn't need that when it was in. Right. I mean, I also was a lot thinner when it was in to begin with. <laughs> I didn't have a kid. Doesn't look good on many people. Um, no. And it's just hard to navigate on many levels. Uh, so, um, you know, the, I say that because all of this is like, you know, it's I have to look at these things from a professional standpoint. But I think one of the, the things about creating your own personal style as a part of your personal brand, it's not that it never changes, it does, but that you get to step outside of that a little bit because what's most important when you're building a personal brand, and we know this from like our websites and stuff, but we forget this about ourselves, is consistency. And so we there's a lot less pressure to like always have a new outfit when you're doing, when you're like working from this angle, because actually the more you show up in not the same outfit, but you know, certain, certain key anchor points of your brand are repeated, the more people will remember you. And so it's just very effective. And it also kind of takes you out of that constant trend cycle. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. And I really, so I wanted to, you know, talk to you a little bit about, or talk about, you know, this idea that, you know, a lot of people well, I know because I'm a brand photographer struggle, struggle with all of this um, when they're, you know, planning their photo shoots. And, you know, I don't work with people in the context of just showing up like you do, but like, you know, I, I see it day in and day out where they're struggling with creating that wardrobe for them to show up. I see it in the context of a photo shoot. Um, like, and maybe it is because like COVID has done this weird Thing to people where we went super, super casual. And now to your point, like, I do think people are coming, coming back. They want to show up a little bit more. And now they're like, well, crap, what do I, what do I wear? It's almost like we forgot how we were pre COVID and now everybody is, is lost. But why do you think in general, um, and if there is a tie back to COVID, why people just struggle with this so much in creating these outfits and wardrobes for showing up? So I'll say that people have always struggled. I'll say what I see, and I know Jesse and I have talked about this, is that there's far more body image noise than ever before. And that is because there's two reasons. And that's really important because we tend to think that it is like I'm missing some skill or I haven't bought the thing. But if you have some of these things going on, you're not even going to be able to get out of your own way enough to go buy the thing or figure out what you like. So the first reason is there's been weight gain, which isn't actually a problem unless you make it one. Um, and people are scared to like go buy a new size of pants because that's somehow giving them permission to just like let themselves go. And what I have to say about that is that you, it's very hard to take care of something and continue to hate it. So it's very hard to take care of your body and go aside, pant size up, look in the mirror and feel, you know, better about yourself and then continue to hate your body. So it's actually uh, a body image sort of like hack to dress your body the size it is. Now you're not, you know what you used to weigh. If you're going to make that lifestyle choice, you're going to make it. If you're not, why are you torturing yourself in the meantime? Um, we just went through one of the most stressful things in like history, uh, you know, besides war and it's ridiculous that people are so upset at themselves for gaining some weight. I mean, your body was 
you know, literally protecting you by putting on weight because you were in like fight or flight mode. I'm not saying you like it. I'm just saying, let's, you know, that's what happened. And so all, anything we make it mean is just added upset um, that we don't need. But so buy the pants is what I'm trying to say, because it, it's going to lead to, to better things. And the other thing is we've been like unsocialized, right? I mean, we've, we've truly been unsocialized. And, you know, I think it takes some time to get back into, you know, being around other, I mean, there's still fear around that. Like if we have another surge or whatever. So I think we're all kind of like entering in and then going back and then entering in and going back. And that has a psychological effect. Um, and then, you know, just briefly, lots of us have made big changes in our lives because of COVID. And those internal changes uh, feel, it feels weird to not express them externally. But many of us don't know how to do that because we're not like, how do you make your inside and your outside like match? Um, and if you're already running a business and you're already busy, so you have a family or you have other things going on, that's probably not, I mean, I spend all day thinking about this. Most people don't, right? And so, um, I think that's a lot, those three things is like not knowing how to like make the inside and the outside match after changes, the weight gain and not knowing where to start. And then, you know, the fact that we're just kind of trying to remember what it's like to be around people. Of course it's hard right now. Pretty much. I agree with everything. (laughs) All of those, all of those reasons make a lot of sense. Yes. Um, I like that. Buy the pants. Buy the pants. I know. And also dealing with that. Just lower the price point and buy the pants. So that's the thing that most people get obsessed with is like, well, I'm going to spend all this money and I'll save the clothes. You can keep five to seven pairs of clothes that used to fit you. Everything else, if you're not, if you're not wanting to get rid of it, put it in a box so you don't see it. Because what's happening is you're looking in your closet and you're like, I have all these clothes. So you're not shopping. You're not feeling the sort of discomfort of having nothing to wear truly because you're looking in your closet and thinking, well, there's clothes here. And then you're putting Mm. the yoga pants on. And then when you have to go somewhere and look nice, you're like, well, I have all these clothes. Oh, they don't fit me when I put them back on. Oh, this is upsetting. And then we have an emotional spiral. Just buy the pants to fit you. Put everything else away so you're clear that like there's some, you know, we need more. So you're not – because if you see a lot, you'll be like, well, it's wasteful to shop. This put is it like, away. This is like you're describing my every weekend. Yeah. <laughs> Every not weekend. just you, everybody. Also Poshmark. I mean, not Poshmark. Um, I think Poshmark's a lot of work, but I just had a baby seven months ago. And my body is sort of going back to whatever it's going to be. And, and I'm trying to figure that out. So I know this on a personal level. Like I don't, I'm not outside of this conversation. Um, and what I've been doing and found really helpful is um, thread up. And I actually was not like a big thread up person, but they have added much better like selection and more designers and stuff like that. And so I just send in my stuff. If you cash out it, you don't make as much. And then I shop from there and you kind of keep it in the same ecosystem. Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm buying better pieces that I could, if I was just like buying them off the rack, like I'm buying better designers and I'm sometimes buying them a little bit bigger and having them tailored down. Um, which feels really good to me. I'm still spending less than if I bought them off the rack. I also do a lot of real, the real, real. I'm personally trying to stop my like overconsumption. That is like a goal that I have. Um, and, and I find that if I buy pieces that are more expensive and the fabric is good and I tailor it, I keep things for like a lot longer. So if my body changes, my body changes and I'll put them back to Poshmark, you know, put them back to thread up that's fine. It's not a problem. So that's one way that I'm seeing people get around this. Um, but I, I would recommend if you you know want to just get, go get the pants for this weekend, you know, go to um, TJ Maxx, Marshalls, Old Navy, you know, go to some place where the price point may be a little bit lower 
Mm-hmm. Just buy the pants because you're going to be amazed at how much better you know you feel, which is then going to spur more action towards whatever your goals are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Now, um, I've taken your workshop, which is freaking phenomenal. Thank it you. is like it's so good. And I didn't know that you had. I don't know if I knew you had a master's in philosophy no. and what and philosophy and philosophy and ethics. Yeah, that That's makes a lot of sense because your like- course is so organ. It's so yeah. it's. It makes, to me, I'm like, oh, everything. Oh, that makes sense. Oh, that makes sense. Like, I feel right now, like we're getting a psychology course (laughs) right now with what she's going, because she really did. She just explained every single weekend when I go into my closet, I'm like, I want to wear this. And then I put it on. I'm like, nope. And then, yep, the spiral happens. And mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I experienced it myself. So I'm not outside of this, which is why I created right. a workshop. <laughs> yeah, because no, the, with, workshop- the workshop is literally what I created for myself and what I'm doing now. I'm doing it much slower with a seven-month-old um, than I did it, you know, when I didn't have a baby. But um, I'm also 40. I'm also 41. And I was pregnant during the pandemic at 40. So I, you know, in the middle of the height of it. So I didn't – I feel like I just turned 40 like a couple days ago because I just turned 41. And so I – I am really thinking about who I am as a 40 year old. Um, I feel, and that's not, and I didn't say that in a negative way. I really like being 40. I feel much more confident. I feel better about my body, even though I'm a different size than I was. Um, I feel a lot better. However, I have noticed that like, I have very different preferences almost out of nowhere. Um, Mm -hmm. And so I'm really looking at like, okay, because it feels so different than what I was attracted to before. And that was a huge part of my brand. And so I'm like, how do I, do this now. So I understand this on every level. And I think having a system and a process is what keeps you focused it's, and, and right. not over, you know, making, not having meltdowns all the time. That's how I figured out how to get out of my meltdowns. So that it's, being said, like, what are things to consider when developing your wardrobe for your personal brand? You said you're kind of going through a change right now. Is that something you kind of should be building in, in your mind? Like, okay, I'm into this right now maybe that's going to change. Like how, how do you basically develop that wardrobe for the personal brand and like plan for changes in the future? Yeah. So I just, um, how do I say this in, in the most organized way? I think what I would say first is that one of the things that my size, so my pant size has changed, but my body shape has not changed. And so, you know, cause I'm not like working out aggressively and the only way to change your body shape is to add a lot of muscle and lose a lot of fat, right? There's no, this is just basic. So if you're not doing that and you go up or down sizes, your body shape should be staying about the same uh, within like a 20, 25 pound range, even more, but I'm just going to do that for simplicity's sake. Um, Because that's the weight gain I'm seeing, weight gain and loss. Um, And so with the pandemic. And so what I will say is I continue to use the same shapes on my body, which is what I go, what is what I go for first. Everybody doesn't have to do this, but I know that for me to keep showing up in my life as a business owner, as a new mom trying to make friends, and I also just moved to New York, um, like everything in my life changed. So I have to figure out how to show up and rebuild my life. Um, And the only way that I know to not get distracted for myself is that the, the clothes fit my body and make me feel good when I look in the mirror first. Then I deal with like what I call like the visual interest aspect, like what makes me feel like me, colors, textures, stuff like that. Um, Most people would think you do the first. For me right now, my biggest focus is on the fit. I generally know what I like. I'm noticing that the biggest shift for me is that like I like more color than before. I used to wear just like a lot of black and stuff like that. I wasn't hiding. I wore my clothes pretty tailored and stuff, but that was just what felt good to me. Um, And I just don't feel that way anymore. Um, And so 
the basis of, of what I wear is the same in that sense. Um, I think that if you're trying to build your personal brand and think about this from a clothes perspective, just start with three outfits that make you feel your best. Like don't try to redo the whole thing and focus on the shape of those clothes on your body and focusing on like what you like about them. Is it because they're printed? Is it because they have a lot of color? Is it because they have like texture detail, whatever. And just try to get three outfits that you feel really good in. And then you can like replicate it. That makes it so simple. Um, That's, I feel like Mm -hmm. that's probably one of the biggest struggles that my clients as a brand photographer, um, you know, struggle with is like, what looks good on me? Like some of them, I feel like don't even like, can't even answer that. Like, what would you say to them? Like, what would you say to, I have no idea what looks good on me. So I just got this, I just did a a talk yesterday in like a corporate setting and I got the same question. And it's so interesting to me because what, (laughs) because I think what people want me to say is like, do these three steps. But I, what I think is more valuable to say is that if you don't think you know what looks good on you, what's really happening is that you are not giving yourself permission to look at what you like and accept it as valid because if you know and notice what you like in the world, if you browse, if you go online, if you go in stores, but you say to yourself, oh, I can't wear that. I shouldn't try that. You're never going to get closer. Like literally you have to put the clothes on your body, but most people aren't doing that. And so they don't know if it looks good on them because it's an intellectual exercise. So this is if this is happening to you, and I say this with all the love in the world, this is happening to you in other parts of your life that you are not listening to yourself. This does not just happen in your closet. I've been doing this for over a decade. There's no woman who discounts herself in her wardrobe and doesn't discount herself and her opinion in the rest of her life. That's not how it works. So you have to start listening to yourself and go and try it. You can always return it. You can wear it around your house for a few hours if you order it online and keep the tag on. But you got to try it to see if you really like it. That is my biggest work for that. Mm, that's so I helpful. That. I think that's really true. I think that's actually really the point about other aspects of life is actually so true. I think so many times we are afraid to you know, figure out what we really want to do. And like, just even broadly, what we want to do in life. And it's like, you're almost like afraid to say it out loud because if you say it out loud, it makes it real. Mm -hmm. And then you're like, well, I'm not going to, I'm not going to curse Kate, but thank you. Whoopsie. Like, you know, it makes it real. Um, and that can be scary for a lot of people. And it's your Um, clothes. So it's the most visible right? You can make a quiet professional decision, right? And nobody has to know, like, you don't have to go tell your family at weekend dinner. But if you come (laughs) in showing up in like a whole new, you know, look, it's like everyone's going to comment. And so that's part of the thing Mm -hmm. here. And if you are also a personal brand and you show up online and, you know, I think about that a lot. I don't worry about it as much as I used to because I'm like, well, if you can't change the fact that I wear a few colors, like we probably have a bigger problem between us. (laughs) But, um, you know, I think that what what happens is that we get in our head about not just, it's not that we don't know what we like, it's that we discount it because we're afraid of what other people are going to say, which is totally natural and human. And um, most people aren't thinking about you that much. Yeah. They're just that's saying true. it. Yeah. They're just saying it and then they're going to forget it. Totally. Because they're worried about themselves. Yeah. Oh, I totally, I totally agree. Now, what, so go ahead, Jesse. I was going to say for, um, did you have any follow-up questions for, with that one? Well, I was thinking like, what about a capsule wardrobe? Hmm. 
So I uh, have very big feelings about capsule wardrobes, and I now only do capsule wardrobes, and here's why. Oh, um, okay. Yeah. So because life has gotten more, in some ways, easier, I know lots of people don't feel this way, but I think if you look at it, like, because the formality level has gone down, it means you can wear more of your clothes across more parts of your life. A capsule really makes sense. And what my, like, kind of mission is, is to help women sort of, like, figure out at this moment in time. Now, capsule, reminder, capsule only works for like three to, you have to redo a capsule. It's not, it's seasonal. So there's a big misconception, misunderstanding and a misconception that like you do a capsule once and it lasts you all the time. Well, if you live in a place like Boston or New York, uh, that's not going to be useful to you because it, the seasons change. So I think there's this idea that like, it's a, it's like this, it's easier and it's not easier. And that's the thing. Um, what my goal is in the capsule is to help a client distill down into 30 pieces of clothing. I, this is the numbers I use. Everybody doesn't use this. And five pairs of shoes and about eight or nine accessories. What their, what their visual interest is, like what their point of view is for the majority of the parts of your life. Like, is this, are these clothes going to take them to like a ball? Absolutely not. But if it's like they work from home and they sometimes go to networking events or, you know, see clients face to face, it will, it will handle 85 to 90% of their life. It also forces people to have to make decisions, like confinement makes you have to make better decisions. And so what a capsule has shown me with my clients is that they have to tell me why something they like it or they don't instead of just throwing more clothes at the issue until they sort of figure it out. And by me making them help me understand by articulating what they like or don't like, they become more confident in their personal style, um, which is why I don't do like overhauls anymore. I don't do anything like that. If you want to do an overhaul, you have to work with me four times a year or three times a year. Most people just three um, because otherwise we're just kind of throwing clothes at an issue, I think. Um, Mm-hmm. And so that I, I think capsules are useful. I think that the, the places that we get kind of hung up is we think that there it's like a one one and done um, forever kind of thing, and it's not. Hmm. I just keep thinking uh, when you said five pairs of shoes, I'm like, oh wow. No, no, that doesn't mean people don't have more pairs of shoes. I'm saying for our engagement together, oh, my promise, because okay. like this could go on forever, right? Like you know, right. you, I mean, when do you know when you're done? What 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 is <laughs> What is, and this is the other thing that was happening, right? And I see a lot of stylists struggling with this from a business model perspective is like, well, how do I know when my client is happy and done? It's like, well, you make a promise of what you're going to give them. And then you, like anything else, like a grand photographer or whatever, you know, like when I work with Jesse, yeah. she's not like you can have a thousand pictures until you're happy. She's like, here's 30, right? I mean, that's right. But we don't do that with clothes and we don't do that with ourselves with clothes. It's not even just with stylists. Like how much is going to make you happy for a season is a really legitimate question. It's four months, three months. If you can't figure out, you know, then it, it focuses your attention. So even mm-hmm. not just if you're doing a capsule uh, or you're working with stylists, I think it's a great question to ask yourself. Like uh, it's winter or it's summer. How many dresses, you know, are going to make me feel, are going to really work for my life? Well, if dresses are the thing that make me feel my best, I'm going to need a hell of a lot more dresses than I'm going to need like shorts and t-shirts, right? And just kind of even figuring that out helps focus um, your shopping. Wow. I love that idea. I really like the idea of having those pieces because I find that I kind of wear the same pieces over and over, but mm-hmm. I guess having them stretch across the multiple contexts of my life and like having it reach that 85 to 95% sounds really awesome. It also yes. helps you with your budget, right? Yeah. Because then it makes a lot of sense what you're, what you're investing in. Yeah. Well, and it's also being more conscious of what you're, not just your budget, but what kind of output you're putting out, you know, the 
there's a, there's all this movement towards producing less waste when it comes to clothing. And I think clothing can be a huge contributing factor when it comes to environmental issues. So, but that's a whole other, whole other topic. You're totally right though. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Now, obviously I'm a photographer, so I'm throwing this question in here for you. Um, Now, how, in your, in your opinion, you know, how do you ensure things or how can you ensure that your wardrobe, um, you know, aligns with other aspects, other visual aspects of your personal brand, like color, like your website? Is that important? Is it not important? I know when we worked together, you know, when I was photographing your content, you know, everything we did take into account your website and your brand colors and your font and your brand's personality and all the things. Does that still hold true? You know, because we did that a while ago. Um, and what are your thoughts on that? So yes, absolutely. If you have a website, if you have a social presence, um, yes. Now the misconception around this that I think is important to talk about is people think that they have to wear their brand colors. Now I did for that post for, for our particular shoot, because I wear those colors anyways. So I think there is something to be said for like, are your brand colors colors you actually like? Uh, now, does every color have to be a color you would wear? Absolutely not. But are the main colors, right? So most brands have like, you know, two main colors and then like three, you know, accent colors or whatever, however that looks for you, with you and your designer. Most designers that are good are going to ask you about, you know, your preferences. Many of them ask about your favorite clothes in your closet. I've seen that with a lot of designers. So I think that, um, I think that, you know, those things can overlap. But if, but if say, say I have a client who has like a very bold, brand. It's very like countercultural kind of thing. And that's her personality. Like she's kind of quirky, but I would say her outward expression on a day-to-day basis isn't really that. Like she'll wear really interesting, like high top sneakers or, you know, that kind of thing. But I wouldn't say that like the brand colors are colors that like are super, like I would see her like going to the grocery store, you know, like they're not, and that's okay. Um, and so what we, think a lot about for her branding shoots, because she does a lot of them, is, well, how are we how are we showing this quirkiness? Again, like maybe a sneaker, or like a cool, um, interesting kind of uh, jacket or something. And they are complementary to her brand colors. So you should be thinking about, are these outfits when they show up on my site going to clash? Are they going to um, complement? Now all you have to do is take out a color wheel and look, uh, you know, across and say like, okay, those are complementary um, colors to the sides of a color. So say, you know, your, your, your main brand color is red. You can look at like yellow and orange, you know, those can all look good. There's different ways of doing this sort of color thing. And I do do that with clients, but I think, you know, as long as they're not clashing, if this feels overwhelming to you, you're in it like a good place. And I also think for social media, Jesse's really good. I've noticed seeing this in your photos is that you're, you know, repeating colors in like a Instagram feed. I'm seeing more of this on TikTok. Um, like when, when there's like a, the static feed on TikTok, like in the colors are kind of, you know, complimentary is a very effective branding tool to have people stay there longer. So I'm not saying that like, you know, needs to be a certain color or whatever, but these kind of thoughtful things are very useful from a brand perspective. It's good to know. That's kind of the approach I take. I mean, you've been through my process, but um, I think for anyone listening and you're, you know, thinking about a personal branding session, you want to think about your brand from a holistic perspective and understanding that when you do show up and you do sort of think about that consistency and that repetition so that you have brand recognition and, um, you know, taking into the color can be really important from that perspective. Um, what about when you're going to like an event 
And, you know, I've, as someone who, you know, is always trying to show up on Instagram and post pretty pictures that, you know, not only maybe promote the events or the services that I'm promoting, but also Mm -hmm. like match (laughs) match the backdrop where I am, which is not always in my pretty pink bedroom, which is of course one of my colors and everything. Do people need to go that crazy? Do they need to like, you know, think about where they're going if they want to, if they want to have everything look cohesive together? You mean like if they're going to take images at a event? Yeah. Of themselves? Yeah, so, yeah exactly. I think, so here are the times I think this really matters. Um, if you're like doing public speaking, oh, I think that like if you're doing public speaking and or you're doing any kind of video shoot or anything that's going to be an asset late use later. So lots of my clients do like public speaking or they go to events and then those things show up on their like website in some way, their marketing yeah. material, that kind of thing. What I think you want to think about when you're going to events, and I think of this sort of because I have clients that go on book tours. So like very similar thing and they need like multiple outfits is if I met you in person would you feel the same as I see you on Instagram stories? Because this is a huge, though this I think is important. Now it doesn't mean you're wearing the same thing. But so for example, you have a nose ring, right? If I showed up and like, I assume you've had a nose ring for a minute or two. I was 19, so yes. So if if I, like, that is a distinguishing characteristic. You can wear, and and you have color in your hair, that's not, it's like pink, right? So um, that is a distinguishing characteristic. If I, if you, I then went to an event and met you, and you were like in like very preppy J Crew clothes, and you know these things were played down in some way or juxtaposed in this like weird way. If that wasn't your brand online, which I I know it's not, I've seen your social media, then like then that would break my trust, and I would f- even if I couldn't articulate it, I would it would break trust. So this is where this becomes a business decision mm-hmm. that I'm talking about. Now again, you are the driver of those aesthetic choices. We are not playing to other what other people want because honestly, other people don't know what they want. They just want you to keep showing up consistently, and so they don't know because they can barely figure out what they want. So this is this is the thing people do. They try to like outsource it. Well, what will my I work with this kind of person? They want this within certain parameters. People don't care. I mean, are there, you know, if you're a lawyer and you're wearing like, you know, a clown suit, that's weird. But what I'm trying to say is these sorts of things are not as like big of a deal as we make them. It's just, are there markers if I meet you in person that would make me feel like, oh, that's, that's you, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I would say like, should you be worrying about every image that goes on your, you know, Instagram feed? Well, I'm not sure. I'm not like a social media expert here. Uh, I don't think that that's what breaks trust. I think what breaks trust is showing up drastically different, um, you know, in person. And I think like if someone comes to your Instagram and there's like one or two photos that are not, you know, as aesthetically aligned, um, if your content's good, that shouldn't be enough to get them to leave. But I'd love to hear your opinions on it because you guys actually both have bigger social media presences than me. Well, no, but it's that's so interesting because I've never thought of it as break is is breaking trust you know i i know that like you know i've got a very specific look and i've kind of had a very similar look for several years um as i said when i worked as a news anchor it was you know i didn't have the pink in my hair and i'd take out the nose ring and you know i'd cover up the tattoos and stuff like that so i was a very different person it was it was interesting to split the two like one person on camera here, but then I would have my own stuff on Instagram, but I also wasn't doing this stuff on Instagram professionally. So I didn't Mm -hmm. really care. 
Um, so nobody was seeing me beyond that on-camera personality. So that's a very interesting point. Trust. I, that's something I don't think we really mm. counted into this interview, Jesse. I mean, not in the context of like in real life versus virtual. And yeah. That connection. Yeah. So, that is but it happens point. in, vir- but it happens in the virtual world too. So yeah. it doesn't just happen here. Yeah. If, so let me try to think of a, of a similar example. Um, so if I, so a huge part of my brand, um, for better or for worse, as you've noticed, is that I don't just talk about like clothing tips because I just don't think that gets anybody anywhere. Right. I think you have to understand what's going on because the world is full of style tips. I have them saved in my Instagram. You have them saved in your Instagram. They are not making any difference. And I've never felt more strongly about that after this pandemic and seeing people feel so lost. Like there's no lack of style tips. So what the hell's going on? Right. Right. So that, so so that's a huge part of my brand. If I stopped talking about this, so it's not just about visuals, but like if I stopped talking about this in this way and just gave you like 10 ways to wear a, t- 10 ways to wear a t-shirt, which I might sometimes sprinkled in, wouldn't that break trust? Because you'd be like, well, this person that I was following for this specific reason, like if you're, the, if, if you want a stylist that's going to tell you about like, you know, eight great looks to go to brunch with your friends, I'm not your girl and that's okay. It's not my brand. It's not my point of view. It's not what I care about. I, I mean, you, could, you should look cute if you want to go to brunch, but like, I don't care about it. It's not important to me. Helping women become more visible and show up. And so they need to understand why this is holding them back is what I care about. So just, we think we know that about our content. Like we, we know we can be multifaceted, but we know that our like brand pillars have to be the same. I would yeah. argue that visually, um, and, and so you have brand pillars and you can mix them up and nobody's like, oh, you know, I can't trust you. Visually think of it as your brand pillars. So for you, your brand pillars are super clear, Kate. You have, you know, tattoos and you have a nose ring and you have, um, you know, dyed hair. Now, if you chose to go fully blonde and not have the pink in it, I would still get the vibe. It wouldn't be a problem, right? I've done that, so yeah. Right. So what I'm saying is, is that, you know, is that it's important for us to not feel so rigid in this, right? Like I can change the colors of my clothes and still be who I am. Right. And so I think that if you think of it as brand pillars in terms of your look, it feels less like confining. Um, and you can still kind of get that trust element. Mm. You're definitely using your philosophy and ethics to good use. <laughs> in this I know year. I'm I still know. paying off those student loans. So that's good. Oh, to hear. Aren't we all? <laughs> aren't we all? My goodness. Well, it's, it's just so fascinating because, you know, it's, you're right. There isn't just a one size fits all when it comes to here, this is what's going to look good on you. It really does come down to what's going to feel good. And that, that can go so much deeper in terms of the the mental aspect of it. So it's, it's, Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm really glad that we had you on to talk about all of that stuff instead of just having like what you were talking about, how to look cute when you go to brunch. That's more my, that's more my blog. (laughs) There you go. Go That's for Kate's Kate. content. Go for my content. No, but I, I like, wanted, I like you know, that. I've wanted in, from a brand name perspective, I'll share. I've wanted to be that stylist for my whole career. I've wanted to. And so I think, you but know, I think this a, is so much more important what you're well, doing. Well, maybe, but like people, well, what are people searching for? Right. And so I, I don't care anymore. I built a big of a platform, you know, not even a big audience, but I have a very loyal audience after 12 years. Mm-hmm. I know where I stand at the marketplace. I know what I'm, I know like what my value is, but I, I'm saying this because I know there are other business owners like, you know, listening is that, you know, if you, it's in the same way you think that you don't know what you like about your clothes in the same way that you want to, you know, be an expert in your field, you have to listen to the thing that comes naturally. And often that will be the last thing that you want to talk about. 
And in the same way that you get dressed, it may be the thing that you think like, well, that's boring or I have to a classic of a style. If you lean in hard enough, it will become your edge. Um, and so I think that's true like in business and in, in getting dressed. Um, and in the same way you can, you know, pivot and make changes and still be you. Mm. That was a well, I think we could, um, yeah, I think we could go on and on for hours, but, Seriously. um, our listeners are going to have a lot to, to lean into with this episode. Now, where can people find more about you? If you've got any offers for them, tell them where they can just follow along. Yeah. So I am on Instagram at Nicole Achi. My last name is spelled O-T-C-H-Y. Um, my website is NicoleAchi.com and I do have uh, a new workshop, uh, style your brand, new kind of cohort starting up in May on May 20th. It's a small group uh, style mm-hmm. coaching program where we go through all of this, help you kind of establish your visual brand in different aspects of your life, um, whether you're being public facing or, you know, working behind a computer um, and looking at like why that makes sense for you. Um, and there's no more than 12 um, women in that in that program. And you can post all the outfit photos and get all the feedback you would ever want in there. So um, if you're interested and in And that's that, the workshop I took, right? Yeah, style your brand. Oh, it's, it's so good, guys. It's so good. It's my favorite <laughs> thing to do in my business. And yeah, I love it. I'm obsessed with it. Amazing. So. I just have to say it's amazing. So thank definitely you, check that out if anybody is interested. Um, anything else, Nicole? No, just thank you for having me and having such a wonderful conversation. Yeah, thank thank you. you so much for being here. I think our listeners are going to enjoy this one. So as a brand photographer, I really enjoyed this conversation uh, because a lot of my clients, as much as I help them with my shoot planning process, struggle with picking out outfits for their photo shoot. And, you know, it was kind of echoed in our conversation with Nicole that people, there's now more body image noise in the world than ever before. And you know, there's this idea that people are almost resisting wearing clothes that fit them because we have Mm -hmm. this idea, this number in our head on where we should be and not realizing that it's about what fits you and what makes you feel the best, what makes you look the best and ignoring what society puts as a number on a tag on those pair of pants. So, you know, I thought that that was, you know, it's a big issue right now and it's tough as a photographer and even probably tough for Nicole to be a stylist when there is so much noise. But I think one of her points was about, you know, when you're giving yourself permission to try on things that you otherwise may would never have like tried on Mm -hmm. before. And it almost can be like a weight lifted off of you because it may actually really look good on you. Like you may have this idea that you can't, that you quote, you know, I'm doing like air quotes right now, can't wear something when in fact, like that may not be the case. So, you know, there was a lot of really good nuggets she had. And I think hopefully some of the listeners listening in, um, you know, that have a photo shoot coming up or need to show up can really take away some of the advice Nicole is saying. Yeah. Well, it's funny, you know, it's funny that you should say not wearing, you know, trying new things. Um, quick story. When I was looking for my wedding dress, I went to this place down in, oh, I don't even know where it is, but Taunton, Taunton called New York Lace. 
And I was going for this specific dress in mind that was like my ideal dress. And um, they are having a trunk show for that designer. And I was like, that's what I want. And the girl says, well, we don't have that, but tell me what you're looking for. And I said, I'm looking for this and I don't want to wear a mermaid dress. Because I've always been told I have big, not even told, I know I have larger hips. For somebody of my height, I have always had larger hips. It's always been difficult wearing skirts and pants, like finding them in the right size, getting things taken up because of my hips. So I thought, no, I'm not going to look like, not to insult anyone, but a Kardashian on my wedding day. I just don't. And she came out with a mermaid dress. And I was like, did this woman not listen to a thing I said? (laughs) And I went into the dressing room. And there was a couple dresses. Two of them were mermaid dresses. And I just remember being like, I don't even want to try these on. And my mom said, just give it a try. They're beautiful dresses. Why not? You know, we can tailor them, whatever. And I put it on and I love them. And I ended up in a mermaid dress yeah. for my wedding. And it looked and it looked fantastic. Well, you. thank you. And I look at those pictures and I'm, and it's not even like one of those like really trendy mermaid dresses. It was just kind of a very, um, it was just kind of very muted silhouette of like a mermaid dress and I loved it. And so it is something to be said. The other thing that resonated with me was the trust factor when it comes to what you're wearing and kind of establishing, you know, not, not that you should be afraid to try some new things, but realizing what looks good on you, that style that you kind of subscribe to. And that sometimes, you know, especially when you're, when you have a brand, you have to realize that if all of a sudden you drastically change that style, that look that you've kind of become known for, and this means not just when what you're wearing, but your colors and all that, you, you might need, you might need to expect that some people are going to question um, what you're doing and you might lose followers because there's that trust element. And mm-hmm. if you make that make a really big shift, whether it is in your wardrobe or, you know, some other place of your brand, just be prepared for that maybe a little of that trust to be shaken and then you're going to have to rebuild that up. So that was another um, point that I felt really resonated with me as somebody who is kind of a fashion blogger and who looks at trends and what looks good on me and how do I incorporate that into my wardrobe and my pictures without not, without not being true to my brand too. Um, So that was, it was all good. She's mm-hmm. she's fantastic, and I'm so glad that we finally got her on the show. Because as I said, this yes. was a, this was an episode a while in the making. So thank yes. you so much for listening to Cocktails and Content Creation. Please join our Facebook group, Cocktails and Content Creation Community, and you can follow us on Instagram at Cocktails and Content Creation. I'm Kate Andrews. You can follow me on Instagram at Fashionably Kate and Co. And I'm Jesse Wyman. You can follow me on Instagram at Jesse Wyman Photos or at the Brand Photographer Method for tips and tricks on brand photography for photographers. Make sure to tune in next time for another great episode of Cocktails and Content Creation. Until then, cheers to your next cocktail. And happy content creating. Mm